Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Markland and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is... It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. It also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit thereptilereport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder, then visit shipreptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile related. Welcome to Morelia Python Radio. Brought to you by Morelia Python Forums. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> I hate that intro. <laughs> And now I, I can room. hear it so clearly. It was horrible. <laughs> uh, yes, we have upgraded the studios at here at Morelia Python Radio. We are high end now to the utmost sophistication. No storms coming through tonight, so no. we should have clear, 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 uh, you know, show for everybody. And of course, there's no guest. <laughs> so God damn it. <laughs> We know it's that kind uh, yeah, of so, show when the first thing you type to me across the message board board is like, oops, wrong button. So the second <laughs> that happens, I already yeah. know where we're going. So it's like, all right, let's, let's let it go. Just let it happen yeah. now. So, yeah, we, we uh, I kind of screwed up a little bit um, with uh, the dates. I thought John Battaglia was on this week, but apparently he's not on until next week, which pushes back the uh, – Tiger, Tiger Talk yeah. show um, with Jason. Uh, so mm -hmm. that will be the week and then the week after. So stay tuned for that. Tonight, it's just me and Owen. And Owen is sounding crystal clear. Crystal right. clear. That's now you right. people can hear me. It's oh, weird. Geez. It's we'll all over all now. The listeners. Yeah, it's done now. <laughs> the fact um, that they can actually hear me now, it's over. Done. So, yeah. 
So I thought we'd hit on, uh, you know, just a bunch of topics around. One of the things, since it is uh, hatching time and setting up baby time and getting them to eat and whatnot, I figured tonight would be a, a good opportunity to uh, for me and Owen to maybe chat about, you know, what we do, what we've experienced, uh, you know, what we've seen other people do, uh, you know, stuff like, stuff along those lines. Um, mm -hmm. what so, yeah, and then... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or and that because um, we've all made mistakes. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, all right, we're getting thumbs up all around, all around. You, so you guys, um, just, you guys are distracting him. Give him a minute. Yeah. yeah. Stop so, messaging. You're totally confusing him. All right. I got so it. What's Don't new worry. With you, Owen. <laughs> what's new with me? Uh, yes. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing really. I'm fucking lying. <laughs> I have a female rough scale python. Nice. Yes. She arrived today. And, you know, you know, when you get those freaking, you only get a, get a python that you've wanted for like ever. And you just kind of stare at it when it arrives. And you're like, I'm afraid to touch it. So it's, <laughs> she arrived. I, I had it delivered to the office, much to the dismay of Jim from Morgantown when the FedEx guy comes walking right up to me and goes, here's your package. I go, thank you. It, you know, I, I thought that really was the don't ask, don't tell policy. <laughs> no, but the problem is the problem is with a lot of your guys' places where it's don't ask, don't tell. My father will not stop asking until I tell. So uh, okay. what's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> About the fifth time, I usually just tell him. So, um, it, it, so she hung out with me at work all day. I brought like heat packs and stuff like that to just have her hang out. But all day, just looking over her and all of this stuff, it, it's it was awesome just getting her. And I and I got her from uh, Dave D, um, who uh, has been contacting me a few times um, for, uh, from uh, listening to the show, knowing I've been hunting down the rough scales. He's from uh, uh, what is his? I, I've Vibrant uh, Veritas, I believe is his company's name. If I totally butchered that, I apologize. So, um, but yeah, it is, she, it's awesome to have it. And it's awesome to have the complete project now. And uh, now we move on to, I don't know, I'll throw a dartboard at a book and see what species I should get into next. Maybe more boas. <laughs> oh, speaking of boas. Uh, yes. I went <laughs> Let's speak of boa. I went to uh, Matt uh, Matt Minatola's house yesterday yes. to uh, to pick up uh, my rodents, and uh, he was showing me around. And uh, he has some uh, baby boas there, and I gotta tell you, man, they're pretty pretty good. You know, um, the uh, what what kind of boas were his again? Because I remember we saw them the adults when we went and saw, or went to his place oh, that one time. Oh shit! I always mess this name up. Um, Do it. I want to. I want to hear his tears. From you know uh, us butchering this. No, I can't. I can't remember what they are. God damn it! Matt it's, has uh, these things. They look like boa constrictors. We don't know what they are, but they look kind of cool. So oh, I'm gonna find all right, out. We'll wait. Okay. Yeah, you you would you would put me on the spot like that, but it's I all good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not I really have, a boa guy, so I get I get, it up. <laughs> I, no, get not, uh, I get a pass. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's right. You see, there he is. Thank you, Matt. It's a there we South go. Brazilian. <laughs> and what yeah. the hell is that last thing? Um, Say it, Owen. <laughs> Amorelia? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, nah. Now, dumbass. 
Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, but they they, they are, are are freaking yeah. sweet, man. They, they, nice. they don't they look almost completely patternless on some of them, which is awesome looking. And you know, it, it, it's. It, and I know Matt was excited to get these guys. And the one thing he did say is that uh, you never get over the smell, Boa having babies. And I will completely agree because when the Dominican had her babies, I honestly got thought like a rat had been hidden by one of my snakes somewhere in my snake room, like under the carpet or something like that. Cause it was horrific. So yeah, um, I don't know. How do you get used to, I don't know, man. Well, That's just no, I don't know. Well, you <laughs> are the well, king. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, Andrew, Andrew used to breed, boas and he told me you never get used to it because it was just like you walk in the house you're like uh either babies are downstairs or like all of them have died so it's you know it really smells that bad it's horrible dude it, 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 i guess because i guess i've never experienced it and it kind of did surprise me but i i can never get over the smell it's just bad wow huh. yeah yeah all right I don't know if I, I I was talking to him, but um, about them, and one of them did catch my eye. But Uh-oh. Um, now you're getting a pair. I, I no, I wouldn't get a pair. I would just get one. You know, just yeah, one. Well, that makes no sense. Well, yeah, I just would want it for a pet. I don't, I'm not a boa breeder. <laughs> Matt, make, Matt, Matt, make him take two. I'm a python breeder. I'll buy the other one if you give it to him. Just make sure he takes two. I was <laughs> bullshit. Uh, but uh yeah i mean I, yeah they, they were gorgeous and um yeah. it's I, nice that I, you know I, that it's I nice also, to have other projects because i mean matt does borneo's bloods and he's got some retics in the boas and he somehow drank the kool-aid when it comes to uh <laughs> chondros but um <laughs> oh, I, I was I was seeing some of his chondros, man. He's got quite the yeah. chondro collection, man. Quite the chondro collection. I mean, this yeah, guy is uh, – he kind of reminds me in my early days of carpet python. Uh, <laughs> carpet <laughs> python buying, you know, just buying yeah. anything uh, and everything. In my you know? day, I ran around with a wad of money and really pissed <laughs> off some guy I'd never met. Yeah, it's uh, – um, <laughs> it's it, 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 when you get involved in a project, it, it's almost like I kind of can see both schools where I want to get involved in this species of snake. Okay, I'm going to get one, see if I like it, kind of gingerly move into it. But then I also see the if you're going to get involved with a project, just jump feet first, get a bunch. You know, if you like it, go for it. So, yeah, it's almost like yeah. Matt got some chondros and he really digs them. So now he has, he, he's all in, he's going right for it. So, Yes. Yeah. Way more than I do. I mean, I only have two and three. The uh, third one coming, and you have how many now? I have six. Damn. Never mind. <laughs> I haven't counted your shit in a while, so um, <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible. But um, so you mean you got six, and Matt has like what now? I don't know. I just asked him. <laughs> 14. 14. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. And weren't we supposed to get this guy on carpet python so we could reap the benefits of being able he to just, sell to this guy? 
and he totally he just, just skipped right over this. carpet pythons, yeah. man. I was God, there yesterday, <laughs> and I was I was looking at there's a Borneo I have my eyes on, and uh, mm-hmm. I I have a pair of uh, a pair I want a pair of his Malaysian blood pythons, and because uh, mm-hmm. I kind of like that idea of having that um, a locality type that's not really around in the states and keeping those kind of bloodlines going and whatnot. You, and, you do and enjoy and the rare, were, rare freaky stuff, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm th- I'm thinking I'm I'm trying to think. Well, what do I have that he will want? And I don't think there's anything this year that <laughs> I have that he wants. So uh, I don't know if I have to put him on like the next year weight plan or something. <laughs> How that works? I never did that. <laughs> this is a rare problem for you. Normally, you're like, I got what you want, baby. It's like you know. Now it's like I don't have anything. It's like yeah, okay, this yeah. is, huh. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it's he some killer, killer uh, Borneos too, man. Whew, good lord, uh, I, I do so it. Cool. I'm, glad, I, I'm glad he's got the stuff because remember, I'm sending my uh, sending my blood to him. He doesn't know it yet, but I'm going to drop it off at his table at August. I'm just going to put it in a bin <laughs> put it on the table, walk the hell away. <laughs> so yeah. I'm done with this creature. <laughs> so. It's it's really cool when yeah, I know right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he doesn't want no parts of short no, no part of this creature game. You take, <laughs> you take it, you breed it. I'll take babies. I'll figure out what to do with her afterwards. But, oh my goodness! I'll do the same thing with uh, you with the IJ. I mean, I don't understand why you're getting all happy. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, by the way, uh, me and Owen are doing this uh, joint pairing. He has an ivory jungle jag. Um, yep. Where did that come from? Uh, that was Andrew got it off of Craigslist, believe it or not. And then I was able to trace it back to the breeder in Florida and, uh, I got the load down on her. Um, and that okay. was, I was at that Reading show, the one where you showed up with, uh, you know, uh, your wife and the dog, uh, with the bows yeah. in her hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dog. The one you were selling um, ball pythons at. We're not talking about that. <laughs> Stick to what we were speaking about, damn it. Um, yeah, st- stay on so point. She, stay on point. So, I, I mean, I sold a few animals on Friday, but then Saturday and Sunday had nothing to do but stare at this animal. It was on my table. So, I, and I kept getting compliments on her because she was a bright white jag baby. And I'm like, screw it. And Andrew sold it to me at cost. Um, and I actually got offered from the guy who bred her to buy her back for like triple what I paid. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to hold on to this for a while. So, um, yeah, she's a diamond uh, bred to uh, an ivory jag. So she's diamond I, diamond jungle and coastal all mixed in there. So it's just, just right up you your like alley. It. Yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> no wonder she's here. <laughs> no, yeah, there's, there, there were nights where I looked at her. I'm like, why are you here? So it's yeah. uh, I like that project that you and I are doing because she's like an off-white jaguar. And you have um, your ivory jungle who I've wanted to like clock you over the head and steal from you since I saw it the first time. Um, he's yeah, gorgeous. Mike, he's, uh, Mike Curtin regrets that one for sure. He does because I've spoken <laughs> to him about this because yeah, I've asked him, I'm like, I need more. I need an ivory jungle, but I need to make sure it looks like Eric's ivory jungle. And he goes, I'm not sure if I can make another one like that. And I'm like, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn yeah. it! So, yeah, it's uh, it's. I'm kind of looking forward to that because I want to see what we can get out of that. So, uh, you know. Well, uh, 
the uh, apparently I, I from what I understand about the way the ivory works is it's kind of like mm. the way Tiger works and uh, oh. your girl is mm -hmm. she's not as extreme as my boy but mm -hmm. I think the two of them together especially with the diamond blood um, in the mix is gonna make for some killer killer ivory jungle jags or ivory diamond jungle jags i guess is what they would be you know before um, i met you i had six coastal carpet pythons and i was a happy person with my coastal carpet pythons <laughs> and look what you've done to me so yeah. now we're like oh yes we'll make these white things these monstrosities I, i'm actually looking forward to it so yeah um it should be, that would uh, be a cool project I'm sending you my granite mail because I've had enough of him. So <laughs> um, uh, I told you I'm splitting the pair. You're getting the granite mail and Jason Balin's getting the female. And if you both produce clutches, then it's me. It's clearly just me here. I'm the one who keeps screwing <laughs> up the IJ project. Yes. Well, so, we will find that out for sure. Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right we will. So, um, yeah, that'll be – I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't want to – Boy, Ivory. Yeah, there we is. talk while we type. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty stupid. <laughs> they can hear us. Hear so, you. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, ah, he's there nice. he is. He's yeah, a nice he's, boy. I've always yeah. liked him. I mean, now mm. everyone will understand why I wanted to, like, physically assault you and take him away. So, yeah. yeah and I think justified. I remember... I don't know. I th I remember this was Mike Curtin, I believe, and it was back in Hamburg, and it probably yeah. stood out to me as more extreme at the time because I really didn't know that much about carpet pythons. But I remember passing by his table and seeing this white jag, and thinking, "Man, that's a that's a way that I want to go." And then I saw that um, that that mail, um, mm. and I picked it up from him. And it, that mm -hmm. one actually at the time I think was 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 a picky eater. He's rock solid yeah. now, but at uh, the that's time how it was a picky the eater. ones are always the bastards in the beginning. So and Mike, <laughs> I think Mike was trying to steer me clear of that one, not because he <laughs> had any inclination that that was going to be as nice as it was, but just because because it was you picky. Know, yeah. yeah I, so I was like, if I'm nah, trying to sell that. somebody, if I'm trying to sell somebody something that and they're not as experienced. I'll try to steer them in the way of the animal that's going to do the best for them. Because the last thing I need is for them to be like, I got this from Owen and it died. And I'm like, ah, what'd you do to it? So yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you got to kind of steer them in the right way. But, um, you know, and he's even said that that wasn't even like the best looking one out of the group at the time, but like somehow he has just flourished. So mm -hmm. yeah, somehow you made out like a bandit again. And the problem is that I, I, the reason I like Luna, which is the girl I sent to you is because she reminds me a lot of, uh, Benjamin. Yes. I and can see that. The pictures you always saw of Benjamin was this off white, uh, Jack. And yeah, that's what I remember him. in Hamburg. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You always saw Benjamin as an off white Jack and people, hunted like animals to try to find uh jags that could link back to benjamin because they were thinking at one point you're going to start producing white jaguars mm -hmm. there have been countless people who've come up to my table and who have like i've had to like shatter their perception of what that animal was and what mm -hmm. it turned out to be 
And it's, it's just one of those things where without ivory or without any kind of mixing of other types of blood, you're not going to get a white jag because a lot of people have not seen the pictures of Benjamin in the later years when he turned yellow. I mean, that's just how it goes. Yeah, so, so let me ask you this question. What that, happens if you would put Exanic to that? I don't know. Give that. me an Exanic and I'll do it. <laughs> well, I'm also <laughs> breeding him to his sister because I picked up a pair from uh, from Mike. So I want to try ah. to produce more. more I like him. So right. he's going to do straight on jungles and then uh, mm. ivory jungles. And then he's going to do the uh, Morelia so Bastardite Plus. I love it. Morelia <laughs> Python <laughs> <laughs> Radio Bastard Clutch. Perfect. That's the name. Bastard anyway. Clutch. Uh, <laughs> so now, are are you thinking that if you mix ivory with the Xanic, that you'd have some kind of alteration to the Xanic? Like I don't know, uh, that would kind of mix in there a little bit or do something funky. I think it would just make it. I don't know. I don't know. I was just thinking out loud. Like uh, I, Maybe I would imagine. So the Xanic takes away the yellow, right? Yep. So. Yep. Having an exantic ivory, do you think it would just make crisper contrast? Yeah, I think it would color? make it pop. Yeah, yeah, I think it would make it pop better. Might. If only we knew somebody who had all the makings to do this crap. Oh, wait, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is why I'm talking out loud. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's good. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. It almost like, so, um, what's what's the what's the jungle, the Jawatan, right? The, the, the line that everybody's kind of, it doesn't even look like, uh, an American version of a jungle, right? Gelatin jungles? Yeah. Gelatin jungles, yeah, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. They look kind of like silvery, right? Yeah. They're like yeah. white and... Yeah. What if you threw that to some kind of exanic or that to some kind of ivory? Oh, or God. Is this all <laughs> You're lines? trying to get me killed. <laughs> you monster! <laughs> the, the first year I'm gonna make him. I'm gonna make not not gelatins. I'm gonna make just straight uh, jungle jacks. <laughs> uh, people are gonna oh. kill me. Oh, Scott man. Borden's I'm gonna pretty, punch a wall. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you like hear a, a ring, like your elbow would ring, and it would be Scott just punching you in the face. So yeah. it's like, yeah, <laughs> there'd be a line of oh, people behind him too. Wow. Let's see if I have uh, here's this. There's actually there's a uh, there they are. I'll send it in the group. By the way, we're doing the uh, Morelia Python Radio chat. Yep. Actually, they would make a pretty good pair, wouldn't they? <laughs> wouldn't they? Look at that. <laughs> pretty. Yeah, look, look, look pretty at close. that. Looks perfect. Oh, uh, dude, I like the second one of yours. First yeah. one you can keep. I'll take the second one. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do with it, but I'll take it. So that's the female too. Um, I, yep, see, I'd pick them. So, so yeah, so today like, I had, like IJs. Oh, sorry, I, so they look like they look IJs. like IJs. They kind of kind of remind me of IJs. So, no wonder you like them. Anyway, today you had uh, today I had tigers uh, uh, shedding out, which was really cool. Nice, um, nice. And uh, I forgot how much work it is getting babies to go. I have switched over. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on this, but this is going to be my approach from going forward is like the first two meals. Actually, I think I'll probably go three meals. The first three meals I'm going to feed mm. live okay, uh, and, then, and then switch over because it's so much easier. 
to get. I've heard to that, go. especially anything with Darwin in it. It seems like they're just trouble, fears. Man, yeah, to get going. Once they're going, they're a solid gold. But I mean, I, I've heard that, and I've also heard that um, it, it it is a lot more of a, like a drop it and go, and then it's all kind of they'll they'll figure themselves out, and it's much easier. Um, I've gotten lucky this year, knock on wood, out of all my babies, I only have, out of the 30-something babies I hatched this year, which is shitty, um, I only got, uh, four babies that are holding out on me, everybody else took the food, some even before they had their first shed, so, um, we're just kind of rocking and rolling over here, but you remember last year, I had the brettles would not take food at all. And uh, we ended up having to go get live hoppers. And that's when they all started eating. So I would definitely recommend it for shyer species uh, or gentler species. Going to kind of get some, I guess, excited and they start moving towards food. But, you know, obviously size is appropriate. <laughs> it's, um, I, I went over to a friend's place the other weekend. This is his first year breeding carpet pythons. And he had a clutch of jags. And they're in cages, which were completely soaked because he's like, oh, they haven't shed yet. So I busted up the humidity. And he has what I would consider a newly weaned or small mouse in there with okay. the chag. And he goes, I'm like, what the hell is that in there for? A pet? And he goes, no, it's, it's food. And I'm like, I'm like, there's no chance in hell that little baby hatchling is going to eat that mouse more likely you're going to come in and find half a hatchling, okay? So you get something the right size. Oh, I asked him for mice. I'm like, get fuzzies or hoppers. You know, go, go smaller. This is ridiculous. So Yeah, I go you know. like uh, fuzzies or hoppers, depending on some of, the, some of the ones I hatched out this year were on the smaller side, so I went with yeah. uh, fuzzies. But for the most if part, I try do, to go. Yeah, hoppers. I mean, if you can do hoppers, the movement, I think, is what makes them 10 times better. So. If they arch, if I if I give them one time and they don't they don't eat, um, typically I'll do a fuzzy, yeah, uh, and I'll put it in overnight. <clears throat> that way I don't have to worry about it, and I yeah. usually find that uh, that that gets them going. Mm -hmm. uh, I also learned from Bill last year is that you got the old bag trick. I'm sure that yeah. you've used that before. Yep, um, I love it. <laughs> put them in the paper bag. Put the paper bag, you know, put the uh, fuzzy in the paper bag with the snake. Mm -hmm. You put the paper mm -hmm. bag in the tub and you just leave it there. And then, you know, you come back and, you know, they're good to go. So mm -hmm. um, that's worked pretty well. I've never done the braining thing. Um, well, I have. Um, you know. It, it's, just a, it's just a thing where it's like if you take a, a needle and just stick it right between the eyes of the pinky and kind of squeeze a little bit, their skulls are so soft that the brain will come out through the little hole. And sometimes that gets snakes all into a tizzy um, and they bite and then they eat. Other times it doesn't do anything and you just smush the head of a small creature for no reason. So it's kind of like a crapshoot there. And I mean, dude, in my, in my beginning years, I did freaking everything. I brained things. I pinky pumped babies that weren't eating. I soaked babies in tuna fish water from a can I soaked them in chicken stock. I ripped up uh, plumage from all this other stuff. And it's like, it, 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 sometimes you will have to go to those extremes, but you got to learn to pace yourself. Like, don't go crazy 
if they don't eat the uh, first or second time. So, I mean, yeah. I, my, my first clutch of babies, it was like nobody nobody ate the first time. The next day, I was like thawing out um, chicken stock to dip the pinkies in and bothering them the next day. So, um, you know, give it a shot, see if they eat. And if they don't eat, give them a week, try again. And you'll actually be surprised at how many more will take. So, and also don't necessarily have to wait till they all shed. If the majority of the clutch is shed out, offer food to everybody in the clutch because I have several babies that have not shed yet their first time, but have eaten like twice. So oh, that happened to me today. I have still a few yeah. holdouts and actually the ones that, um, the ones that didn't shed ate, and the one that did shed didn't. So God damn it. Yeah. Going against everything. So, but it's, it, and sometimes they, they'll eat and then they'll get big and that'll actually force the shed along a little bit faster because start ripping it up a little bit. So it, mm. it it's nothing to really be concerned about. And obviously expect that your snakes are never going to follow the textbook. I mean, they're going to do whatever the hell they want. So, you know, yeah. um, I'm a huge fan in offering the food you want them to take first and then being surprised. Um, you remember I got the baby Dominicans first thing I did is after they shed is I offered them all frozen thawed fuzzies and I had three babies that took frozen thawed fuzzies fuzzies immediately. And it was like, right. yes, now you three will never see geckos in your lives. So it was, <laughs> you know, so try to see what happens and you know, you might get lucky with one or two and it makes your life a whole hell of a lot easier. But, um, braining is definitely something I would suggest trying, uh, if you need it. So, the other, the other one that I used is one that uh, Jason Balin got me mm. going with was um, the uh, chip down. Um, yep. Uh, you, you get the uh, <clears throat> the under the under uh, I guess feathers on a yep. on a chick and you yep. cut them off. You rub the uh, mouse all over. I put them in a in a in a bag with them and let them you know just mm -hmm. sit there for a while and ferment and all that gooey <laughs> stuff and uh Delicious. then uh that got him yeah that got him going pretty good um so yeah i tried that but it really from now I, so much so that i think i'm gonna try to maybe get a small group of uh mice and yeah. um uh, just use them as uh, uh what do you call it Sense. you know just well no just have them as like uh for first couple meals of my babies I'll have them there and I won't have to, you know, makes sense. Them, you know, makes sense. So, You're slowly on your way to having a shed full of rodents in the back of your house. Enjoy. So. Oh no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I can barely keep up with, I can barely keep up with the snakes. You know what I mean? To do that. Having, that's a whole nother like, job. No way. You might have to finish off with the snakes and then go to a whole nother building to clean your rodents. If I was doing this full time, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, because <laughs> the, know, all day long, I'll do the but, snakes, break but, for lunch, and then go to the rodents. I mean, yeah, well, duh. But yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I, I couldn't imagine doing it. But um, what I found is when you're um, – no, I do not. I'm not putting rodents in my shed, Zach. Thank you for commenting, though. Anyway, um, the – the funny thing is, is that when I was feeding the Dominicans and trying to get them off the geckos, I just thawed out rat or uh, mice 
hoppers and things like that in a small bucket with the uh, dead gecko, with a dead house gecko. And that was enough okay. of a scent to get in there. So even sometimes scent marking doesn't need to be like I sit there with the pinky and rub it on the chick for 20 minutes. Sometimes it's just it's just thawing it out in the water with the same animal. And sometimes you got to cut open the prey item that you want to scent with and things like that. And uh, it works out. But it's almost like just keep offering the food and obviously just stick with it. And a lot of times animals come around. I mean, you have a few that are never meant to go any further. Um, I had a few Dominicans and I've had a few carpet pythons to just never take the food and eventually just turn down on you. And I've had a few animals that start rocking and rolling and then stop eating and then turn down on you. So, you know, but the majority of them just start eating and then never look back. So. Uh, yeah. You, you, there's always the ones that aren't going to go. I have, I have become comfortable with, um, I wouldn't call it force feeding. I would call it no, assist I, feeding. Uh, yeah. Uh, where I just kind of set the pinky in the, uh, in the mouth and then mm-hmm. it kind of, you put it at a spot where it can't do nothing, but really just kind of swallow it. And, uh, usually, and you know, it's, it's like all this talk that we're talking about where carpet pythons are difficult to get going. In my experience, they're really not that bad. Um, I haven't yet done, you know, bred chondros. I hear they're a nightmare, (laughs) I've heard that Um, too. but I've heard other people say like, uh, you know, they, they go, you know, it seems like, uh, buddies like the chondro whisper. So he like, gets them to go somehow but it's um, almost like it's almost like i feel like your chondros are either going to be they're either going to take off and eat like crazy or you're going to have hell it just it's like yeah. a coin flip depending on where you're at and i don't know if buddy has it down to an exact science or he's just been very very lucky but or he has it all set up correct way i don't know but i imagine he's got one or two that try to pull his hair out every um or what hair he has left um out every year or something like that so i think that uh the probably the 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 best thing would be just to be very consistent you know um bill's saying it's very clutch specific in baby chondros how about that yeah would bill really know about chondro babies though i mean do we want to take him to heart yeah i guess it's not like he's produced them it's not like he produced (laughs) a bunch of them i mean you know yeah, what the heck? Going? What do we know? Into them. Yeah, it's we're idiots. <laughs> Bill, Bill's a very well-rounded uh, individual. Uh, Do you see all his? You know, see I mean, all his crazy-ass carpondros he tossed up on the pick of the week last week. What do you think of carpondros? Is this I the line you won't cross? I think they're disgusting, horrible creatures. <laughs> uh, carpondros is a line you won't cross. But it's like uh, wait, but what? I don't know what. what? Uh, no, I'm not, no, I'm not going to say it because then nope, you might not nope, want it anymore. Nope, <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> uh, the so carpondros is a no-go, right? No-go no. for you? Well, listen, about the carpondros are weird. It's either gorgeous or a hideous monster. I mean, it's <laughs> crowd with those guys. It either looks cool or, oh, my God, what is that thing? So – and a bunch of the ones Bill had were pretty, were really pretty. I mean, I mean it's 
<laughs> Zach just added you. Yep. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm moving out of them, Zach. <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I don't care, though. So, but when you have when you have the Carpondros, I mean, Bill had that one or two ones. Like, there's some really wicked colors you can get our Carpondros. And then you add Jag Pondros in there. They, they can look pretty cool, too. They really Wait. can. Hold on a second. Let me time out I'm here holding. for a second because yeah. I'm getting I'm getting a little uh, a little uh, feedback from the uh, the chat. I didn't mm. say whether I like Carpondros or not. <laughs> You're not getting feedback from the chat. <laughs> uh, Zach is just busting your balls. So you know, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's one of those things where it's like Carpondros are neat looking. They're just not for me. I I could never I could never do it. Uh, you know, I think for me, they would be cool to keep as a pet, you yeah. know, like a, like a visual. I think they're beautiful. Yeah, but I mean, some of the ones point, that. But at this point, we have so many carpet pythons between the two of us, and we have green tree pythons. Why would we want a carpondro? It's like, do we need to have that one slot filled where it's like, I need something that's kind of in between the two animals that I already keep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I'm it's weird. I'm void like here. One of the, it's one of those things like it's it's that line that people won't cross. So you have, uh, you know, people that breed um, the two different species of chondro together all the time. And, right. you know, that's okay. And, you know, you got people that breed carpet pythons together and that's right. okay. But, like, as soon as you're saying, oh, a carpet and a chondro? Oh, holy God. My, no way. My thing is just I, I – I, I, like I said, they're either really pretty or hideous. So I've never seen one near me that I would call like gorgeous or that really speaks to me. Plus, people are like, it's kind of like a carpet and a chondro. You know what else is kind of like a carpet and a chondro? A rough scale. I'd much rather have that. So it's <laughs> like, here I am. I'm good. I, they're just, people can go crazy. People can breathe the hell out of them. I'm cool with my guys. So I'd rather have the chondros here, the carpets here. The rough scales here, and I know that uh, having uh, an Arubiak, and then I'm taking your Arubiak, uh, is already sacrilege. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, you're getting you the know, male Grendel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that. Oh God, that's him. Yeah. Oh, I don't want him anymore. <laughs> I I remember him. <laughs> what the hell did I just agree to? All right. Yeah. Well, whatever. But it's. It's one of those things where it's like I, I don't know if 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 something had kind of gotten to me about Carpondros. One of the things where I actually thought about getting some because I was so nervous about keeping Condros. Condros. Yeah, because I thought that yeah, that I was, would kill them by like if I looked was, at them cross-eyed. That was a question that was brought up by uh, Jeremiah that uh, he was asking, and we'll ask. We'll talk to um, uh, John about this next week, but yeah. Um, the whole, you know, do you treat it like a chondro? Do you treat it like a carpet? Here's my problem. I treat chondros and carpets the same, so it really wouldn't make a difference, you know? Right. Uh, I mean, come on. That is pretty cool. <laughs> it is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 See, like I told you. It looks like it has a, a shot. It like has some kind of Satan tramp stamp on its head or something <laughs> what the hell yeah that's kind of what, weird what are you drinking tonight i mean before we just jump the satan tramp stamp on its head 
Well, it does. It looks like, you know, the the horns and the... No, 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 no. no. There's no point in you even attempting to explain what you just said. Yeah, I I did have, uh, before we continue on with our uh, talk with uh, babies and whatnot, I did have, um, last week we had brought up a question about, I want to get this out of the way. We had, so that we can ramble on because this was kind of cool and kind of important um, it is most likely we were talking about when does a a gene start or a morph start or how does it start and um casey uh cannon um who by the way has a really nice collection of brettles if you haven't uh seen what he has going on but uh he's uh studying uh, genetics uh so uh he put uh he sent me an email basically telling me um you know to to clarify some things which uh Mm -hmm. i thought was cool so i'm gonna read it out so here we go uh finally got around to listening to last week's show and heard a few misconceptions about inheritance while you guys were talking about the possible pie diamond um something that he said doesn't have an explanation for uh, mm-hmm. that he thinks that uh, he can help clear up. Uh, right, you guys then. mixed up the inherent inheritance of recessive with the inheritance of dominant, co-dominant, and incomplete dominant traits, which which was the cause of most of your confusion. With recessive traits like albinism, uh, exantic, and uh, stonewash, the founder is always heterozygous animal that mutated randomly at least two generations behind the first visuals. The odds of having the exact same mutation happening twice at the same time spontaneously on both alleles to produce a random homozygous recessive is basically zero. Mm. So what happens with that is one of the grandparents, or further back, is a spontaneous het that passes its gene on to its offspring, offspring to make more hets. These hets either breed together or with the founder to create the first visual three generations down the line. That is what happened with the first albino Darwin, first white tiger, and first stonewash brittle python. I think when he says white tiger, I'm assuming he's talking he about the, the real white the tigers. It's, yeah, the not, not it's, the, uh... it's not. Oh, no, there's actually a morph of white tiger carpets. We've just been all keeping it secret from you. So, yes. damn. Uh, Dom- That's out of the bag. Dominant traits, incomplete dominant traits, and codom traits follow a fairly similar pattern of inheritance that includes having the founder mutation being a visual with virtually no chance of having similar siblings or needing the gene to be passed on from the parents. Think of the parents of the original zebra jungle. will never produce another zebra when bred together because the mutation occurred randomly in the one offspring. Uh, as the Stardust Supers producing pies, oh, as for the Stardust Supers producing pies, I find that unlikely because Stardust can be pro- uh, produced from non-Stardust parents. From what I have seen, meaning it probably is recessive or polymorphic. Uh, there's a possibility it is incomplete form of piebaldism, like uh, the translucent veil chameleons, or just a random non-genetic problem. No one will know until it's bred. Um, he said he loves the show and thought he could help out. So we appreciate that. Uh, that's uh, that's an awesome explanation. Yep. Um, and just to call out to anybody, if you listen to the show and we get something wrong or you feel you can uh, point us in the proper direction and have a better better explanation, please email Eric. 
Um, and we'd be happy to set records straight and tell people we are inherently stupid and try to <laughs> try to paint the picture correctly when uh, the, the the following show. We would totally we do not mind doing that. We would love to have that stuff pointed out. Don't be dicks about it, but you know it's uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, the, uh, thank you for that. That was that's that's much better explanation than we could have ever have muddled through. So, oh yeah, yeah. So, there, guys. Yeah, thanks, Casey. <laughs> um, you know, it's like I think sometimes when we're on the show, I don't know. Yeah. If, I think you're probably the same way, Owen. But it's almost like we're talking on the phone. So it's mm. it's not like uh, you know. I, I don't I'm not care. <laughs> so I I do appreciate the the. <laughs> Uh, the feedback and, and then sometimes we say things and I don't know that I even said that people will say also, like, oh, you said this the other day and I'm like, uh, I did. Yeah, it's, I did. It's, <laughs> it's kind of hard. Yeah. hard, especially when we're wading into so many different things. And of course, um, reptile genetics and actual genetics are like two different things because we have different names. We have, different things things are explained incorrectly to the genetics world um i don't think that it's that it's different per se it's just that we screwed it up because of our misunderstanding of what it is because i remember one time i i worked with this guy who who actually studied genetics in school yeah and uh i was talking to him about um codom and he was like what the Mm -hmm. hell is codom you know, what does that even mean? And I'm like yeah. trying to explain to him, I'm like, well, if you have, uh, you know, if you have this one, that's a visual for this and you breed it to a normal, you're going to get half of it. You know what I mean? And I'm going through the explanation. Yeah. He's like, no, that's not right at all. <laughs> yeah. That's, so, that's not it at all. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, so sometimes, some, some things were lost in translation when it came from genetics world to reptile community. So of course there's a bunch of stuff going on, but yeah, it's, uh, definitely appreciate it we can get pointed in the right direction with that i still want them i still want the stardust diamonds there's one on king snake i keep staring at and someone needs to take my credit card away from me so once yeah. for sale no kidding yeah mm. what's girl king <laughs> it's kind of like a forum but <laughs> oh, you said the f word <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Don't you speak ill of my forums. <laughs> Zach and I were totally tearing you apart on that. That was so much fun. Anyway. Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, I had um, I had, I had said that uh, I, I posted up pictures on the Bush League. Because to me, yeah. it seems like that's the only forum that still gets any kind of traffic. You yeah. know, other than that, like most forums are dead. Um, mm. So I go over and I post there. And you typically, when I post there, it seems that the reptile report will pick up the picture and put it on the thing. And usually yeah. that equates to likes on my page. So I, was, uh, I said that, um, you know, oh, this is pretty cool. I put it up here and they're like, what? 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 <laughs> what is sure. the forum? And I'm like, is that anything like Facebook? It's like, yeah, it's. Just to just to ruin your day a little bit. So yeah. Yeah. I've given up on the forum thing, man. It is what it is. I can't fight the fight anymore. There's nothing you can do at a certain <laughs> point. Yeah. I refuse. It is what it is. Um mm-hmm. but uh so 
Okay, so I had got a um, a request uh, to hit on the Citrus Tiger story, and we'll uh, probably hit on this again. I've talked about this on the show before, um, but mm-hmm. basically, um, let's see. So Anthony Caponetto, uh picked up a pair of Tigers from Jason Balin. So we're talking yes. original line tigers and he got yes. the, I guess the best of the best. Um, and, yeah. uh, he, uh, he, I'm sure if you've ever been to Anthony's, uh, website, you've seen this picture of this beautiful yellow tiger, perfectly striped. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's it, okay. it was like a, it was his like only picture he had under tiger carpets for the longest time. So yeah, and it was what everybody really wanted in a tiger carpet, but no one oh ever seemed God, to this, get it. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever could get it. This no thing was seemed, gorgeous. No one ever seemed to get it. Oh, it was it was yeah. perfect, and it was one of those things where um, it, I was so pleased by. You remember the tiger I had. Um, that w- is actually the father of the caramel I sold you. Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, no, I think it's not. No, it's not. Never mind. Sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I had a tiger that uh, was from Ted Thompson that actually looked like the one that Campanetto had on his like page, and I was like obsessed mm-hmm. with this tiger for years. And he produced like several tiger, several several clutches of tiger for me, um, and all my panel uh, striped animals were from him. So. But it was like, yes, I finally got it from a completely different person. So it was just that's the way it works. But yes, I know that tiger. Back to your story. Okay, so yeah, I have I put the uh, the, the pedigree over. Ah. On, uh, so you see that uh, that tiger that's there, that perfectly yellow yep. striped tiger, the one sitting on the branch. Yep. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. It's hard to believe that those original tigers produced that one, but it's killer. I actually, anyway, I had one of the original tigers in a breed loan over here. Um, Balin sent him over to breed with my coastal. Uh, it probably about two, three years ago, and they popped out some great looking colors. So you know, sometimes tigers surprise you. But yeah. So what he did is uh, he did a joint pairing with Dave Prada. Um, yep. and his, uh, high contrast Queensland, uh, coastals, which HQ, if you've heard that, mm-hmm. which Owen is a huge fan of, um, I am. basically, I <laughs> basically the story with those guys is, is that when they came in, they were labeled as Queensland carpet pythons. Um, they were, uh, brighter than mm-hmm. uh, what you would see in a typical coastal. So that's where the high contrast came from. Right. Uh, so uh, there's some people that will say that they're jungles. There's some people that say that they're coastals. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I kind of look at jungles and coastals the same, but <laughs> I would, I would say that, that, that is a coastal. That would be my, my, my original thought is a coastal because all my high cons got, huge and yeah. appeared more coastal like to me than they ever did jungle. Um, but then the other thing is that uh, the color that you can get by mixing high con into something is ridiculous. Cause I have a high con Jaguar 
and I have a second gen Hikon, and they both look like jungles. Um, and that's what I love about them. The one that I kind of believe for the longest time is they called them Queenslands, but some people were telling me that there's some kind of natural integrate around there that they could have been part of. So, but I don't know. I, I, I always stuck to coastal. Um, but you know, yeah. So for all intents and purposes, the cat. Yeah. yeah, for all intents and purposes, I look at it as that's a coastal. Some people yep. will argue that whatever, you know, but anyway, they did this joint pairing and out prop out pop these, what they were called HCQ tigers. And this mm -hmm. is where Will Bird came into the picture. So Will Bird grabbed a bunch of these HCQ Tigers. And if you listen to the very first reptile radio that uh, Will Bird was on, this is back in like 2008, maybe mm -hmm. 2009. Um, mm -hmm. He was talking about these HCQ Tigers, and um, he was saying that uh, they were definitely a lot uh, more – they had a lot – they were a lot yellower than the classic because if you look down, if you were in the chat, everybody, I guess I should post this up on our page as well. But yeah, if, um, so that people can see it. Okay, I will do that. But as you can see, like the difference between like what a Jason Balin line tiger, like the original line, they're very have like what he would call a khaki color mm -hmm. uh, for the tiger. Yeah. Whereas the HCQs have more of this yellow orange type of tone, you know, they've taken mm -hmm. on that high contrast. And I think that that, that sire that uh, Anthony used that tiger really is what makes these, you know, these things pop on the sire side. So um, Will Bird had this and he was doing these projects. So on the dam side, this is how the story kind of gets a little crazy. So, mm -hmm. BT, Brian Taylor from Reptile Radio, had um, he was real into um, he's a uh, purist type of guy. So he had mm -hmm. Van and Vetter jungles and he bought them from this um, this lady and her name was Jane McPherson. And uh, she had these jungles and she was selling them. So he uh, went to get uh, um, uh he wanted to get these things that she was calling reduced pattern jungles. Um, and she was saying that they were pure and you know, all that. So uh, BT picks these up and uh, he goes and he posts them up on uh, actually it was over on MP and he posts them up mm -hmm. on MP and everybody tells him that that is not a jungle, that that is a coastal. Now, I don't know when you look at this, when you look at that, I, 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 I could see where people could say that it is a um, a jungle. I could see where they could say that it's an you know a mix like an HCQ. So um, yeah, I don't I I don't know what this I, I don't know what the story would be. I really guess it kind of depends on how you would hold on. I'm posting this up over on the. Uh, mm -hmm. the it it kind of seems like where you would slice it. I mean. It's what do you uh, think? In the end think? point, you're looking at it. At, at the end point, she looks. That female looks. Jaggy. Um. <laughs> jaggy. Yeah, uh, part you of me would say that. Uh, I mean, I'd I'd lean towards coastal. I really would. I mean, she looks. I, dude, I produced tiger 
sibs, whatever you want to call them. Um, babies that had to come out of tiger clutches that don't have. Oh man, you said the F word. Now you're F saying word, the I S did. word. God damn I'm it. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I've produced coastals from tiger clutches. Better, you bastards. Um, <laughs> that, that resemble that kind of a pattern. Especially when you have tiger jags or things like that involved, you can get that all over the place. So part of me mm -hmm. wants to say that she's coastal. But she's got some underlying stuff in there that makes her have that pattern and that color. And I don't want to say it's all because of jungle. It could be because of the genetics of the parents or grandparents or something like that. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's what you're looking at, is that she's probably a coastal from a morph clutch. I want to say probably tiger or jag. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, that's. I never thought about that. You mean like a, uh, yeah, but I don't know if she had jags at the time. Well, you never know. I mean, you know, maybe jags were around. Sold. It's just they were. I mean, jags were around, but I mean they weren't. You know, they were still pretty really high dollars. So that's why I'm probably saying that she's probably an offshoot of some other kind of a morph thing. But if that involves jungle, it involves jungle. I'm just saying she's not. There's, there's definitely a lot of coastal blood in there. Yeah, so so that's that's what I would say. I, I I'm not mm. gonna sit here and I wouldn't say that there is no coastal. I mean, no jungle in her. Um, mm. I'm gonna get a couple more pictures of uh, of the uh, the female because I have some better pictures of her. Okay. Um, so Wilbur took these high con tigers and bred them to this female of unknown. Yep origins right okay and the resulting babies Outpot. were these tigers were that were the citrus right. tigers right okay correct um i do remember them coming i do remember him debuting these things um and it was one of those where tigers had just started to kind of be fuddled with a little bit more because originally you just had tigers and tri-stripes and then you started getting colored tri-stripes which eventually led to colored tigers because the first thing to happen was Balin started doing the red tigers. At the same time, all of a sudden, citrus tigers pop up. And they, the citrus tiger babies looked a lot like normal tiger babies. But then after a couple sheds, all of a sudden, you saw nothing on these things like the color you've ever seen on a tiger. It was ridiculous. And Eric bought right. them all. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> pretty <bastard. much. laughs> it was pretty much. It was pretty much. It was. It was. It was just kind of funny because it was. That was my first interactions with you. Was who the hell is this <laughs> bastard and why did he buy all of them? And it's why funny does because he keep buying all these. Well, it kept happening. <laughs> I'm sitting in my college dorm room. I'm like, I like that one. Son of a bitch. It's like, you know, because what the people understand is that when, um, uh, when, 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 when we buy, when he bought something for Will Bird, what he did is, is he would put down underneath it, um, thanks so-and-so for the purchase. And yes. Your name, your name appeared so many goddamn times that he started abbreviating it to EB, and I knew who the hell it was because yeah. every single one I wanted, it was like 
thank you, Eric. I'm like, fucking hell. It's like, every one. <laughs> and it was funny because after we had, like, I first met Howard and we were talking to him and you came to one of the shows. And it was like, we were talking to Howard. And Howard's like, you were the asshole that bought all the citrus tacos. I'm like, thank yeah. you. I wasn't the only one. So, <laughs> but, but the colors on these things. And he even had the non-tigered citrus, which you've got a few of those too. Um, mm-hmm. The colors on those things were looking incredible. It was this yellow that was not tiger yellow. I, I know I probably sound r- really stupid to other people. But there are some people who are going to understand me. It well, wasn't they tiger have- yellow. God, what, you've where, seen where more these, than I have. Yeah, where the citrus part comes from is the fact that they're more orange than they are yellow. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but like what you're saying is, is that you'll be looking for this yellow, but really, um, the it's either the uh, you know it's that orange that makes it pop, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Did I lose? Oh, I didn't lose. No, I'm right here. I'm I'm right here. Okay. It's okay. Um, I'm agreeing. <clears throat> yeah. So. No. Um. So yeah, basically that's 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 the story of those. So what I did this year is is that um I have, you know, the whole bunch of citrus tigers, and mm-hmm. what I did is that 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 female that Zach had posted up was a high con tiger which was basically the generation back. And that's kind of what uh, Ted Thompson did. And that's why his tigers have that look. Um, I remember being at Hamburg too and walking around and I'll never forget. He had these tigers in one of those, uh, you know, like four tier acrylic stands yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah, that's where I got my boy. That like was the right thing I got my boy. Table. Yeah. And I was like, what the hell? Even my, my dad did a double take. We were walking around that show, and as I was walking around, I was like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, you know, that's I, and, I uh, bought my boy at that show. Yeah, that was that was where I bought Remus. Yeah, it was. Uh, Ted Thompson had. See, it's almost like you're looking at the two tigers because <laughs> Hamburg used to be the show for tigers. I mean, you had Balin over here, you had Ted Thompson over here, and it was like Balin's had the pattern. It had they had stripes down to a freaking T. But then Thompson had like the brighter yellow color, so it was like, hmm, which kind of tiger do I feel like today? So <laughs> like, that's how I ended up with like eight tigers. Okay, so yeah, you know, and then Balin, Balin came out with the reds, and I remember running into his freaking into the show, running over to his table and buying the first red tiger I saw. So you know, it's it's one of those things, but it you had so. You went further down the line with the citruses this year, right? Yeah. So I took the the original male that I got from Will, which I call him Satch. Um, I, I love bred Satch. him. <laughs> <laughs> I bred him to um, to that female that Zach gave me because Zach he kind of moved out of the you know the, of that project, and he figured mm-hmm. you know. Plus, plus his female was evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's calm now, but she was a bitch. Um, she's just very hungry. And uh, she uh, she produced the tigers. And I'll tell you what, man, these tigers are going to be smoking hot. I'm t- I know it. Come Tinley Park, these things are going to be smoking hot. People are going to be going nuts. So 
I'm gonna I'm going through today, right? And I'm looking and I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't sell this one. <laughs> I can't sell this, <laughs> okay, one. <laughs> this one's mine. This one's mine. I can't sell this he, one. See, this I is can't. the goddamn tiger head albinos oh. all over again. Where it's like, look at these things. You can't have any of well, them. It's the goddamn it. <laughs> well, what I did last year is is that I took yeah. the citrus tigers because if you look at the the way that the citrus tigers are. If you look mm-hmm. at their black, their black is like this jet black. And then they it have is, like it's this, the contrast. It fades awful. into gray, right mm-hmm. where the portholes would be on the side. And um, the thing that I really like about them the most is that now I have multitude of, of colors and palettes that I can breed, um, you know, to get different different looks and tigers because I have the red tigers from the original red line, not the red morph, you know, just the red, the one he bred back in 07, uh, Balin bred in 07. Uh, then I have the red, red, which is Molly Ringwald, which is that <clears throat> similar to what you see with, uh, with caramel. And then mm-hmm. I have the Russian tiger and then, uh, the citrus tiger and then these eight CQ tigers, and uh, so it's it's quite quite a palette of stripes to work with, and hopefully I can really produce. My goal is to produce an animal that looks like uh, Anthony Caponetto's animal that he has, uh, because you can see like in the chat if you look at that picture that I posted up that it was another picture of him. I think what I like is that the light outline with the black, and then you got the stripes. Now, if you could get that to where it's solid, you know, solidly mm-hmm. striped. Oh my God, that mm-hmm. just would be sick. So that would be you're talking nice. like so, you're talking like Australia, uh, you know, striped jungle stuff that they got, you know. So, so that's the tiger story, or the citrus tiger story. Um, you know, I they're, don't know. I don't know if people, you know, if they if they want to think that there's jungle in there, then I guess you know, I guess there could be. I'm not going to say. Well, my eventual thing is that I definitely do want to get my hands on one of your boys, citrus tigers, because Uh I have a high con jag here, and I'd love to see what another shot of high con would do to those kids. So. I may have a boy that I may be making available, Owen. Oh no! I have All right. <laughs> quite a number like of 12. males. That, yeah, uh, I know. It's like because yeah. it, it's funny because I, what, what, I got into the high cons through Chris, and it was because Dave Prada had them. And he was selling for like sixty bucks a pop, and mm-hmm. then after they started producing things, all of a sudden their price went from like sixty to like two hundred dollars. Because people mm-hmm. started wanting them to mix with the tigers and everything like that, so I had an original pair of Pata High Cons, and that was Pyro and Lyra. And Pyro I used for like ten million things, um, uh, with breeding, you know, uh, a bred straight up High Cons, and then I also threw him to my MBB Jag Aurora to make uh, the High Con Jag. So it's like the just the, the mere presence of high con and certain things just makes the color pop in a few things. And I'd love to see what you could do further. Unfortunately, I lost both those animals. Uh, so I'm down now to their kids. So I have one high con, which is second gen, which I have no idea is a male or a female. It keeps confusing me. 
because it probes as an in-betweener. And then I put it in with a boy and it's like, I don't care. And I put it in with girls and it's like, I don't care. And it, it, I'm like, come on, will somebody please like combat with something or try to breed something either way. But I would love to see what more refinement could do to that kind of a line, because I think there's all, there's, there's a bunch of untapped potential there. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually <clears throat> almost made high con zebra jags. This year. You would have been very proud of my mutt making. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> You're all grown up now. <laughs> I know. Adorable. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, a couple things that I saw floating around on uh, Morelia Pick of the Week and uh, on Facebook and such. Um, the one, I don't know if you saw, well, we're talking about, we brought up a little bit, reds. You know, mm -hmm. you don't have reds in your collection, right? You're a caramel person. I have reds. I have red tigers. Yeah, but you don't have the red reds, like the MBB reds. No, I do not have the red reds. And it's not because I'm a caramel guy and I draw the line in the sand. It's because I'm waiting for you to breed V with Molly Ringwald so I can get the good shit. So, okay. you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where um, when I bought into the Red Tigers, they were not as refined as some of the Red Tigers and reds that Jason Balin is pumping out now. And also, in my idiocy, when I did breed, my MBB and I got some really nice red animals. I just put higher price tags on them and sold them. So um, <laughs> there were several that I'm like, why did I do that? So, um, but uh, it's it just, it's one of those things where uh, I have the red tigers and I'm really enjoying moving the red tigers along. Like I bred last year, I bred a red tiger to a high con tiger. And I got my holdback female from that clutch is starting to look pretty freaking stellar. Um, she's bright. She's a brighter red, more of like an orange. I would compare her to a citrus, but the color isn't right. So I don't know what the hell she is or what she's going to be. But I definitely am glad I held on to her. She's evil, but she's pretty. So, And then right. I'm hoping that because this year I bred um, – a red tiger jag to the red tiger. And that's what produced the tigers I have this year. And I got some good looking stripes. So I'm kind of hoping that one of the boys comes out looking well. If not, I'm hoping I can wrestle a citrus tiger boy away from you to eventually set up to the point where, you know, obviously the whole mission is to keep going with certain projects and also moving up in the world. So mm -hmm. obviously if I got this red, cool looking tiger female now that I'm raising up, She'll eventually replace one of the red tigers that I have that I'm breeding now because um, she's got better color. So, you know, I also want a boy to go along with her. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> I don't if you if you haven't seen this, I guess you can check out Jason Balin's Facebook page. Uh, it's on Morelia Pick of the Week. I believe I shared it on the Morelia. Or come to Hamburg and oh, yeah, come to Hamburg and talk to Jason when you see him. Yeah. I mean, but his red. Uh, I mean, how many work he's doing? The dude, work he's doing with the yeah. red coastals is just sick. I mean, this thing is almost like albino-ish. It's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he has that he, one boy that popped up that has been like the basis of all his really bright reds, and that and it just keeps getting better generation after generation. And it sucks because huh, I'm like, damn it, I bought into the red tigers before they were pretty. So. 
And, you know, that's definitely apparent by you have Molly. I mean, dear Lord. Yeah, but you're confusing the two. There's the red, which is the red that's the 07 stuff. That's the stuff that we have. I think we we bought into it. We did. Well, between you, me, and. Yeah. That does not have any MBB blood in it. Now, the following. Like the two. No. No, no, no. Okay. I thought thought he took the red tiger and threw it to MBB. No, no, no. He took an original tiger okay. and bred it to the the uh, 07 tiger clutches that he has is uh is that red looking coastal that he got from yeah the the red tri which is actually yeah which is actually Talon's um two so I have like double triple doses of that guy kicking around here so yeah yeah so so that was the first one and then the next one he did where he did a tiger with the red MBB line, you know, um, coastals where that's where he started popping out. Like the stuff that Luke Snell used to have and the stuff that he had was these killer reds. And that's where V came from. V came from, he sees a red Jag that I have and he came from from Luke Snell Snell, and Molly Ringwald came from, um, Jason Balin. But both for right. the same sort of lineage. So breeding those two together, I can only imagine what's going to pop out of that. That's just going to be sick. It's all, right. it's all right. I haven't been waiting for that pair for like what four years? Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this year they're going to go. So we'll see. Oh, thank God! I can yeah. start crossing animals off my list. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. You know, next year, another thing that I was thinking Mm -hmm. of doing just to kind of, I guess, maybe see what happens is I was thinking of putting the um, V with a caramel. (laughs) Uh, Just because. Yeah, probably. But, you know, somebody has to do the pairing because the two, I think the two genes are very similar. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they might be... uh, you know, something that's sort of like along the lines of, say, like if you're talking ball python terms, you're talking like, uh, you know, uh, a butter and a lesser type of thing. Uh, you know, a candy and a toffee. To me, yeah, this, this is this is all isn't this is not English. But keep going. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I, I I'm still debating on whether or not I should do that, but. Well, it, you could. It's just, is that going to be an issue trying to figure out who's who, what's what? Yeah, but here's the thing. You know me. I hold on to everything for a year. So it's not like I would be in a rush to sell anything. And if that's the case, that I would just true. sell them as normal coastals. So, you know, I don't know. It's not something that uh, I, I would be worried about. I know that, you I know, you would have that thing where people could misrepresent, says this is a caramel. And it, you know, it turns out that it's not a caramel and then people would be upset, but I'd just be curious to see like, would it make like a super, you know? I mean, what if it did make a super mm-hmm. and all this time we're kind of like, I don't know, I guess time will tell. And then I don't know if you saw the other thing that popped out to me this week was the, uh, headhunter reptiles, uh, Chris Rendell, he posted up that jungle that looks like a Jag. It's like a reduced pattern yeah. jungle. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that's just. 
you know, it's it's he had a reduced the pattern. Things jungle that are cropping up here. Yeah. With highlighter blood uh, jungle and man, that's just it's just sick the way that looks. It just shows mm -hmm. you the potential. See, you know, like last week we were talking about it. I think the week before we were talking about, you know, like when, you know, you're putting certain pairings together for specific reasons. This is what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. I mean, and you see the results. You see these guys like, you know, Jason and you see Chris and um, <clears throat> you see what they're churning out. And you think they're going to have a problem moving those type of carpets? No, because they're specific no, pairings. No, you really not. You know, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just sick. But you do <clears throat> you do have to put yourself out there so that people know what you're doing. I mean, that is a part of it. But right. if people know what you're doing and you put the right animals together. I don't know. It's it's pretty much, you know, that's how it goes. People people <clears throat> so, will what's the thing if like uh if you learn to build a better mousetrap, the world will pave a road to your door. So, if <laughs> you if you figure out if you, start, if you do the pairings and if you advertise your pairings and they're stellar pairings, People are going to seek you out. I mean, I still get comments or questions from people asking if I'm going to be producing white lips or scrubs this year. And that's just from merely throwing pictures out there. None of the pictures yeah, of them guess. sitting on eggs or breeding. It's just pictures of them. <laughs> so it's just the way it goes. So uh, it, it, it's you have to add animals, be proud of animals off your animals a little bit don't be cocky about it and don't start putting down other people's stuff but show people what you're doing and you'll be surprised how many people are interested in it and you know you might even learn something too along the way also you might be able to find out a different way to go you post up animals and you say i want to do this and somebody might be like well that boy kind of looks like this maybe you want to try doing this instead and you can totally turn your project different ways so you're right or Somebody can post up an animal that you find really attractive and you're like, holy crap, I can make that if I just take this animal and go that way. So instead of where I was going with it. So just a bunch yeah. of different things you can try. Basically become active in the community and do something. Don't sit on your <laughs> ass and expect people to buy your shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I figured since um, it's uh, that time of year where babies are hatching and whatnot, and um, yep. you know, like I said at the beginning, I think it would be uh, would be cool to just uh, just BS about you know setting up babies and uh, you know what do you do once they hatch, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe some mm -hmm, some tips mm -hmm. and tricks on uh, ways to uh, you know get them organized and you know when you take pictures, all that kind of stuff. So. <clears throat> I guess mm -hmm. we'll start at the beginning with that. I mean, here's my question to you, Owen. Um, when you have Good. babies hatching out, the first baby pips, um, you know, you're cutting the rest of the eggs. Um, are you leaving the eggs in the incubator or are you pulling them out um, and letting them, you know, I leave them in the come incubator. out of the egg? Leave them in. So do I. I, uh, I, uh, I, uh, when the first one, it's not even the first one. I need to see like one or two pip before mm -hmm. I slice. And when I say slice, I mean, I take a pair, I have a pair of surgical scissors and I'll pinch the egg and cut a little triangle and that's it. And then I will literally cut every single egg, put the lid back on the bin and put the bin back in the incubator and then walk away. And yeah. normally by the next day, all the heads are popped out and then I won't even touch them until the animals start coming out. Now for safety of the baby, once it has fully emerged from the egg, it's out of the egg box and into a baby bin that has some moist paper towel in it and 
that's where it goes. Right. And I will pit, I'll put usually five or six babies to a bin because I don't want to overcrowd because I've had some times where a baby somehow turns up dead when they have a whole bin full of like 10 of them or something like that. Anyway, so no more than six per bin. I got enough bins. Uh, and that's where they'll stay for probably uh, a few days after that just to kind of chill out and absorb and be. So, but yeah. Okay. So we're, I guess we're kind of the same. Um, I'm a little mm -hmm. bit different in what I do once they come out. So <clears throat> basically, uh, yeah, they pip. Once I see one pip, I don't wait for two or whatever. As soon as I see one, I cut the cut the rest. But I do like you. I don't. I don't. I don't do it uh, prehistoric pet style and chop off the top of the egg. <laughs> I just and fire slit. fire up the chainsaw and rip the baby <laughs> out of the egg forcefully. Yeah. Hi, I just do a ah, yeah no it's no. <laughs> no I do uh dear god I do a little little slit let it go put it back in the incubator and um one of the things that I did have happen this year though and I think I threw this tip out before but I'll throw it out and I got it from Rob Stone was um that I had a baby come out and it didn't absorb all its yolk and um been there it uh it died um and it was, you know, when I showed him the picture, he's like, yeah, it's probably didn't absorb its yolk, uh, yada, yada, yada. And uh, he told me that you could get like a moist paper towel. And once you cut the eggs, put the paper towel on top, mm -hmm. because sometimes what they'll do is typically if you come and open up, I hate saying the word typically, God damn it. Um, if you go and uh, um, open up the bin or whatever, the, the babies get scared. They usually pop back in the egg, but sometimes they, instead of going out of the egg or in the egg, they go out of the egg and uh, that's right. when you could have trouble. So I've got a moist paper towel. I just set it on top of the eggs and uh, yeah, I just didn't worry about it until a couple days. Then I, I seen them all out and you know, what I do is I, I do a thing where uh, as they come out, um, I sex them, um, and then I put them in their uh, separate bin. Um, I do a, a, a wait in the beginning. I don't know why I do that. I just mm. do. Um, and I put that on their card. Uh, usually, this year I didn't, but usually right from the gate right there, I take a picture um, so that I can have it on the website and I number it. Now I'm using Reptiscan, which um, I signed up for the one that you can sort of adjust to your to your own. Um, you can tweak it to whatever settings you want. It's like the premium version. You get like you can get the one that's just the app, and then there's you can upgrade it. Um, so I did the trial thing to upgrade it, and it's pretty cool because what you can yeah. do. And I don't know if people are going to care about this or not, but by weighing it and then taking the weight um, randomly, you can actually give the customer a growth chart. Uh, I'm not really sure how that works out, but and I don't really know if it would. But I think of that information, and I think of guys like uh, Ben um, and Nick that could take that info and maybe do something with it. So that's kind of why. Yeah, I do maybe. That. <clears throat> you know, um, it's your scientific brain bleeding in there, but, um, <laughs> and I would, yeah. uh, I would agree if you can, I don't take weights because I'm lazy. 
But um, the other thing I would recommend having nearby is certain supplies for sometimes babies are really stupid. Um, the one thing I think everyone should have with their, um, I don't know, kit is some cornstarch. Okay. Because I've had babies come out where um, they rip delicus and uh-huh. bleeding a little bit. And honestly, okay. take cornstarch and you just kind of get it in your hand and you put the bit right, right where the baby's is and it'll clot. It'll stop the bleeding. It's basically non-harmful um, quick dip powder. You know when uh, if you're snails and you clip the nail and they start bleeding? Yeah, yeah, that special powder that's supposed to stop it. Well, that okay. kind of burns sometimes. Rubbing that baby snake is probably bad. Cornstarch will do the same thing. It's a quick kind of thing. It all comes together. So if you have a baby and they have ruptured the umbilicus and they're bleeding a little bit, they're probably not going to die, but it's a pretty good and actually, saved. I've done babies of my guys who, like you said, sometimes when you cut the eggs, they run the opposite direction. And maybe he's absorbed the yolk, but maybe he also brings it with him when he comes out of the egg and ends up ripping it. And there are some veins in there, so there can be some blood. So I just kind of put some cornstarch on their bellies. And then in a few days, the umbilicus drops off and they're happy little baby snakes. So uh, okay. that's my Do recommendation, keep- at least. Do you keep the babies moist until they shed or do you just let them? I try to. I I mean, I try to keep them moist, but after, after about a week of them together, um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I sex them and I separate them out and put them into their own cage because I want to know who shed and who didn't. Right. So I want them to be separate and I'll give them big enough water dishes that a lot of them will soak in them. And if I see somebody kind of having a rough shed, I'll flood the cage and really mist them out and really make them nice and, you know, uh, moist. But uh, I've had no issues with that kind of stuff or no need to. Right. I know somebody was shocked. I forget who I was talking to, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I keep them together for about a week and then I sex them and separate them. They're like, you don't keep them together until they shed. I'm like, I didn't know they needed the emotional support of their brothers and sisters to shed. I <laughs> thought they did all right by themselves, but I'll, I'll recheck this. But it's like uh, I put it from the standpoint of I want to know where each baby's at. And I don't like having it where it's like and I know that in a pile. I can know, I can look and know who shed and who didn't, but Mm -hmm. I like it better to have everybody separated, have their cards going, have everything moving in the right direction and start compiling Mm -hmm. the data that needs to go along with each kid. So. Gotcha. Yes. Yeah. I, uh, my work, I find that the, uh, well, another cool thing about, uh, I'm going back to Reptiscan for a minute, which has kind of changed the way I did things a little bit this year is that um, what it does is when you actually have a clutch, um, you can get a tag for your egg box. And it gives you one of those QR codes. And basically, uh, you know, this is all off my phone or my iPad. You you go and you scan the QR code, and then I can set up how many babies I have. And then it gives me me an individual QR code for each of the babies. Print it out, 
put it on there, boom, boom, boom. Now, every time I feed, shed, it's all there. All the data is there. I can email that to somebody. I can send it off. It's not on a, you know, Actually, an old um, index card or anything like that, which is just yeah. awesome, you know? Well, the parents are today, there. Um, yeah, the Ruffy today, Dave does rep scan. So I got a whole packet on her, everything, her lineage, all the fun stuff, her birth date, uh, her feet records, her shed records, her clean records, which I assume would just be fecal records as well. All of them. Right. She was born up until last week. So, right. and it, it was really good. I actually updated all my stuff. I scanned the barcode they gave me and now she's in my system. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's really, uh, really a cool thing. And it makes, it makes that, that, that whole process so much easier. Um, you know, I used to be so, such a daunting task to, 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 you know, go through and, oh man, you know, have to, uh, <laughs> write down on yeah, index I mean, card and all this stuff. And it's you know, all that so. stuff. Oh dear God. And then it, the lineage of which would be separate. Like, uh, the, a Rubiak that I have the female, I got right. all her lineage information. I updated the database. So now when I pull her up, I have pictures and ownership and names, and I guess numbers for her parents and her grandparents already set in to her system. So if when I breed her, I have to click her, and then it or, it's already building the family tree for me. I don't even have to do anything. So, yeah, yeah. One of the uh, one of the things that I do, I kind of got this from Met a little bit. Uh, I saw a system that he kind of had in place, and 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 I use like those um, dot stickers uh, for the tubs, so that I can kind of look and see, you know, what's what just at a glance. Um, and what I do mm -hmm. is, is that once they ate, I give them a green dot. Um, yeah. and then boy or girl, if it's a boy, I give it a blue dot. If it's a girl, I give it a red dot. Um, and then if it's for sale, I give it a yellow dot. So then, you know, if it's just by looking at a quick glance, I can see what's going on just by, by that. Um, yeah. And usually, I, I like that idea because with, I have the normal cage cards and I've had the cage card system since I started where it's right. every baby gets a number. And then I also put down when they like when they have their first shed and then I put down some feeding increments just also I know what I'm looking at, which right. I love because now I have these index cards that have their baby number. Then they have when they shed and then they have all their little feed things. And then I have a barcode on it that I can go even deeper. So at a glance, yeah. I know where everybody's at, but now I can go even further if I wanted to. So that's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I noticed that um, since I worked on the humidity in my actual room, um, so it's not so dry in there anymore, I noticed that uh, I don't really have any kind of issues with shedding. However, there have been three this year that that did for, for whatever reason, I guess this is just the way it goes sometimes, had some really bad sheds. So um, I just more or less... Uh, moist down their their tub and um you know uh, until the, the next time they shed um i try to keep them a little bit on the on you know just spraying down the sides of the tub um not not soaking wet but that's kind of how i do that um i mm -hmm. do uh i do uh, basically how i set up the baby tub um i just get a tub uh i use a six quart tub at this point um, mm -hmm. that's what I'm using, which eh, it's a little big for a baby carpet. I'm going to be, uh, 
I have a a vision rack that's a baby rack that's coming, and I believe they're V18s. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but uh, they're a little bit longer. They're not as tall, uh, but they're a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I use um, – Basically, I use a paper towel. Um, if I notice that the animal seems to be um, not, it's not feeding, or if I have any kind of issues, another tip is uh, use uh, paper towel, uh, empty paper towel rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just mm-hmm. use that as a hide because uh, the snakes like to feel secure and snug. And sometimes if you use those big hide boxes, they don't get that feeling where they're kind of crushed in. Um, you know, it's smushed in and they feel that they feel more secure. And sometimes I just stick the, uh, the fuzzy or the hopper right outside the, uh, the roll and then they'll come out and they'll eat it. Uh, and I was using, uh, for a while I was using a 16 ounce deli cup for, for a water bowl. Um, and basically Mm -hmm. I was using that for a couple of reasons. One, uh, because they couldn't tip it over Two. Uh, they used it as a perch as well. Um, so they would perch up on the rim of the, on, on the rim and, uh, it would serve yeah. kind of both purposes there. I have since switched over to this local place. They have like these little souffle things. Like if you go to a restaurant and they put ketchup mm-hmm. in it or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I use those and I use a smaller, I think it might be a six ounce deli cup. I just like the deli cups because you, I don't have to worry about water bowls. I ordered these wrong water bowls right. from uh, uh, Rep. Uh, what's that place? Uh, not Triple L. What's the other place? Why can't I think of it? Bean Farm. No, the other one. Um, no, Triple L. Uh, Rep. Well, you know what I'm. It doesn't matter. Whatever. No, no, uh, yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> I ordered these water bowls because I thought that they would be able to hold a 16 ounce uh cup because i noticed like mm-hmm. some of my like the medium sized ones would knock it over but it, they wouldn't so my uh sub adults i have these stupid water bowls that i have to wash luckily my uh my wife washes them i just kind of put them in the sink i stare at them every night she kind of gets the clue and she goes to town so that's always a good thing so that that's really how i set up the the babies um you know, and uh, I do three feeds, three solid feeds to where they take it. No issues right away. Boom, boom. And uh, to me, then they're ready to go. I don't know. Yeah. When when do you know that they're ready to put up for sale? <laughs> I used to I used to wait till 10 feedings. That's ridiculous. So um, um, I usually try to give them a month of here. And if they're here and they're eating salad for a month, which is like three or four feedings, then they're good to go. Um, I set up my baby cage. It's a little bit different. Um, I, I set them on newspaper. Um, if what I found is if you go to a Wawa or any kind of supermarket, they have these like buying truck guides, little pieces of newspaper booklets for people selling cars and trucks and whatever, take them and rip them up and throw them right in there. It fit perfectly. Like cage liners measured for this shit. But, um, also, what wet newspaper does work. It kind of holds a little bit of a thing. It's almost like a damp paper towel. Um, and then they have the water bowls. They use the same thing you do. It's a heavy souffle kind of dish, a little mini thing that they can unsit in, whatever. And then I give them a hide box, which is um, they're actually cases from pipette tips from a lab. I know a few that work in laboratories where these things hold 
the tips of pipe that they use. Um, they're all completely sterilized uh, after the fact, after they're done. And then usually they're just discarded. So they take them, they save them for me, and I bring them here. I melt little holes in them, and then they use them as hide boxes. They fit perfectly. I love um, now, for uh, I know Zach is talking about using moss or something for keeping his babies on, which I've heard is good. I've also heard using um, cypress mulch and a few other kinds of items. I will use malt, uh, moss um, for actually my liacid. Um, my water pythons and my savus, like absolutely love moss. Like, put a clump of moss in their cage, they're hiding under it in like 10 seconds. So I try to give them some moss to hide under to play in or do whatever the hell it is they do with it. And I'm trying to figure out a way to get it for the olives too, because I'm figuring, I guess if they like it, everybody likes it. So um, it, it seems to be pretty good. I guess it might be a little bit boost of humidity kind of that way. But, uh, and then for my guys uh, with the feed schedules is start offering food and see what, see what happens and then you get it going. And like you said, about three or four feedings and then they're good to go, which is cool because those tigers are just getting up there to their third or fourth feeding and people keep bugging me about them. So I'm like, all right, uh, I might not have any babies to sell at Hamburg. So <laughs> it happens, but uh, it, it's one of those things. And I love the, uh, the reptile scan. It gets all that stuff moving for you, but there are so many different ways to skin the cats of having to set up a baby. It's just my generic way. And it might not be your way, but eh, works for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely, uh, definitely true. There's, there's a whole bunch of different ways to, uh, to set them up. I think the key is, is that you want them to feel secure. Um, you want them to be able to, uh, you know, I guess, you know, in their, in their brains, they're thinking that anything that's coming from above with them is going to eat them. And, uh, you know, they just want to get away. And that's, that's really where the, uh, the nippy carpets come from, you know, how they get that, yeah. bad, that bad rap. Yeah. They just, get little, little plate eel things. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So when do you move a carpet from say a baby bin to a, uh, larger bin oh well that's kind of a tricky question with me um <laughs> simply because when they turn five. Oh, because that's when they grow. outgrow it oh oh <laughs> my heart anyway i kind of slow grow my carpets i don't really i'm not mm -hmm. trying to get them huge um i was talking to a guy today about adult size of carpets and you know my males they maybe <laughs> three four foot if that yeah if that, I mean, the worst you know thing I mean? They're... the worst thing one of my boys could ever do is sire a clutch because then he's on maintenance for the rest of his life <laughs> like well you've clearly showed me you don't need to get any bigger <laughs> so yeah. you're done i mean my adult males are in v35 tubs if that gives you any idea it's like a 28 that, quart 30, tub. 32 okay. 28 something like that I, I have I usually put my yearlings in 32s because that's when they outgrow the baby rack. Um, I do still have some yearlings. It's almost like my whole backs grow out of the baby rack sooner than the ones I'm trying to sell. <laughs> so, which I'm clearly is my fault. But right. um, move up to the 32s when they're about a year old, and then some all my boys 
with the exception of my original boys, like Talon, um, could live in my 41 quart rack easy. But um, yeah. I usually keep them in three foot cages. But and then you know, the females, when they turn two or three, they go into the 41 quart and then eventually into one of the cages. Yeah, I kind of so. move them up. Uh, they go basically how mine go. They go from a six quart tub. They go to the 32 or 28, whatever it is. And then they move up mm-hmm. to an adult would be in a 41 quart tub. Now, I mean, there's a lot of. I guess there's a lot of people out there that would say carpets are not, you know, you shouldn't keep them in tubs. You should keep them in cages. I guess, you know, maybe that's true. I, I, you know, when I kept them in cages, uh, I don't know. It just didn't have the same success. It seems to me like it, you know, it's whatever works for you. Whatever works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 there are some, honestly, that I would like to put in cages simply for the fact that I want to see them. That's one of the things that I do like about the chondros is that, that I like. kinda, yeah. they're, they're out in the open. And I know carpets are mm-hmm. like that too, if, if, but that's if you're keeping them as a pet. But if you're breeding them, yeah. to me, I don't know, that kind of changes the way you have to approach uh, keeping see, them. See, and I've bred in cages since 2010. Like I actually got cages and then I got the rack. So, and I've had success in both so i almost feel like it doesn't matter too much but certain places or certain ways of keeping might be more conducive to different caging options so yeah when i uh, have a certain way of keeping when i eventually uh move um what i'm planning on doing is uh for my larger adults um i Mm -hmm. definitely i'm gonna keep them in the uh the big boa tubs which to me is about as they're about as big as a, as big a cage. It's, it's, anyway, like, a, it's so. like one of my three foot cages on rollers. Yeah. That's what you're looking at. And yeah. you can even get ones with windows. So yeah. 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 So, so yeah. And like I said, there will be some things that I may keep in uh, moves to gauging. Uh, definitely the mm-hmm. retex will be engaging. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't think they make tubs big enough, but yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, it's now, nah. um, but it, it, there's there's different ways to do this and there's different ways to set them up and there's different ways to breed. So, you know, I, I, I like the cages in the panels and you do well with drawers and rack systems and do that. But that I have rack systems that I absolutely love for other types of carpet pythons, like the juvies and things like that. So, you know, don't settle into one type of way of doing this stuff. So. Yeah, I, I fell in love with the vision racks. I think that they're just... They're just awesome. Um, I know that a lot of people will go with uh, AP um, racks, and they're they're nice as well. But I guess the difference is is that if you're keeping a heated room, uh, there's really no reason why you would have to have the sides unclosed. Uh, if you're not keeping mm-hmm. a heated room, then you probably want to go with something that has closed sides, like a, like an animal plastic type rack. But because of the way my room is set up, uh, I actually kind of prefer it to be open. The one thing that I am doing is um, I'm moving my diamond pythons out of my room, and they're going to have a naturalistic setup in my house. So copycat. Um, <laughs> 
Well, it, <laughs> I, I just think that uh, for one, they're probably the most mm. beautiful of the carpets. So I want to see. I, I I hate you for your reduced patterns. I mean, my <laughs> God, I want one so badly. Yeah, they're beautiful. <sighs> I was thinking about cohabiting. I was thinking about cohabiting and cohabiting them, but mm. I'm not sure if that's what I want to do or not. So, but um, I, I'm going to do that once my guys are old enough. Um, uh, but they're near that yet. So, yeah, I wonder I if that would make a difference. <laughs> it, What's it that? might, it might not. I mean, part I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen my diamonds in a little bit. I sent them over to Andrews cause, uh, I needed bigger and I was worried about temperatures here and things like that. So, uh, they're down at Andrews, like set up outside his monitor room, just kind of chilling. So, uh, I only get to see them when I go to Andrews. <laughs> so I'm like, that I haven't sucks. seen them in a bit. I should go check them out. I know, right? I need to get them home. So I'm probably going to try to bring them home uh, in a month or two. So now that everything's kind of calmed down. But um, I've seen pythons cohabitate. I mean, obviously you see them at the zoos and things like that, where they just kind of stick in the same cage uh, all the time. So I wouldn't be too concerned about that, especially, you know, obviously you're going to feed them well and stuff like that. So I'm not going to look those like food items or anything like that. The problem I find with cohabitating is if you feed two animals at the same time, there's always one that like eats its rat immediately. And there's one, like, I'm going to play with it for 20 minutes. And that's when the other one starts looking around and poking at it and they could bite each other or something like that. So I guess yeah, that definitely vigilant, can be tricky. So. Yeah, that's definitely tricky because that's something that uh, I've experienced multitude of times. My poor albino jag got mistaken for, uh a rat um you know i don't know so i i just think that uh you know i've heard that they uh they like to perch diamond pythons like to perch so i'd be curious to see mm -hmm. uh, see if they do that so i'll set up some nice branches and such in there and and just get a real nice uh you know, I think they, 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 I think that they're really gravitated towards uh, the sun. So not like all reptiles are not, but um, I think that's just part of the way that they are. So I think that an overhead uh, lamp will. Uh, yes. Really, uh, or if you can, dude, I, I'm planning on because my where my guys are is going to be in my living room. Um, I got enough windows that I'm planning on just pointing like leaving one of those open. So the sun just hits right on the damn thing. So. Yeah. My only yeah. problem, I'd be afraid that they would like, you you know, like, you know, magnifying glass with an ant, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like come home and you have. Wow. That is diamonds. horrible. <laughs> like, Oh my God, no, I burned a hole through my diamond python. Wow, dude, you have a gruesome imagination. That is horrible. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. So, um, yeah, so that's basically how how I set up. Now you set up babies. Um, mm. This is this is my biggest year so far. I think I have a total of after these hatch out. I think I have seventy two babies. Damn, yeah. make you look like a chump <laughs> with my thirty babies over here. Uh. And then the last clutch I, hate, I have I to hatch out years. is a uh, mm. super caramel zebra jag to a caramel zebra. So I'm days away from Ooh. seeing what pops out of that. Ooh. Could be some, 
super caramel super zebras and super zebra caramels and super zebra jag who knows we'll see um but mm -hmm. uh should be uh should be pretty exciting over here uh, in the next couple days so um yeah we're about almost out of time um i don't know if there's anything else that you wanted to hit on uh Owen. uh Nah, I'm pretty good. Uh, everyone should come to Hamburg August 1st. That is all. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> okay. If you are in the Philadelphia yeah, area uh, or in the No, not even if you're in the area. Philadelphia area. Get your ass over here. Yeah. yeah. God damn it. Um, Take a trip. But no, and uh, one more time, I'd like to thank Dave D for the Rough Scale Python because he kind of has been sticking with me. I think he first contacted me. I think when they hatched about a year ago, uh, telling me that he had them and was offering them to me. And, uh, then every once in a while I would, uh, he would drop me an email going just in case you forgot. And I remember the, the last time he did it was after I just bought, uh, Alistair and Eleanor at the, um, at Tinley, my diamond pythons. Cause I remember I called you and I'm like, son of a bitch. I forgot about the rough scale pythons and I spent <laughs> all my snake money and you're like, wow, that, that kind of sucks. I'm like, ah, so I'm glad we could work something out. I ended up uh, getting her anyway. So yeah. Uh, if you guys are looking for rough scale pythons, uh, I would go and contact Dave. He's got a few more left, a few pairs. So will yeah. he trade carpets for them? <laughs> no, Probably kidding. not, but you could ask him, <laughs> Damn. He seems to be more into the chondros, so you might be able to try to skate him once. So, yeah. yeah. Very cool. Um, but. Yeah, we have, um, well, let's see. Next week is? Uh, next week is John uh, Battaglia from Morelia nice. Trophy Club. Uh, he will nice. be joining us. Uh, we're going to be talking about selective breeding. He recently had an article in uh, Reptiles Magazine and uh that's what he let's go. Uh, about. so i guess i gotta go find a reptile magazine i'm pretty sure i canceled that subscription but I'm, i want to read it so um yeah i canceled it too is it online? Uh, I've, <laughs> I've got i yeah i tried to look but i couldn't find it um but um, all right i have all right. Seen if anybody it. has a reptile subscription still it get and scan email it to either myself or eric or post it up on the week or rally python facebook or something like that because we'd like to read it um or if somebody could just tell me what issue it is in so then i can go try to hunt it down myself so right i like to read things <laughs> anyway uh, yeah <laughs> so yeah he'll be on and then the following week we have uh mr Jalen jason balen uh coming on and we're going to be talking about uh tigers uh i'm sure towards the end we might try to ski uh uh, get him to sneak in some of the red ghostal talk, but for the most part, we're going to be talking about tigers. So if you have questions about tigers or or anything of the such, uh, look, Zach has it, so he's gonna he's gonna get a scan it, it, to us scan so it, read God it. damn it, <laughs> do it. Yeah, uh, you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, shit, I lost my train of thought because I just. So tigers Sorry. and reds and happiness and Balin will be yeah. the week after. Yeah. Correct. Correct. And after that, and, we don't uh, know. It's a mystery. Yeah, you know, we don't know. It's a mystery <laughs> after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, so Morelia Python Radio. Uh, I guess we'll we'll wrap this up and, and roll on out. So Morelia yeah. Python Radio, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, just on a side note, I have. Um, Man, this week I, we went from no podcast reptile podcast to like fifteen podcasts this week. I can't even get through them. Um, there's hmm. uh, there's like tons of uh, these different podcasts. There's one, uh, of course. There's our <clears throat> our favorite, the Condro version of of the show is the GTP Keeper Radio. Ah. But uh, yeah. Reptile Radio, I got a shout out on there from those guys over there, uh, which was cool. Um, mm -hmm. But I found this new one. It was actually kind of, uh, was it late night? No, 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 no. It was Gecko Nation Radio. But they interviewed mm -hmm. Ben on there from Australian Addiction. Ben? <clears throat> yeah. I didn't. It had nothing really to do with Gecko. Geneticist capacity or breeding capacity? Well, I started. I started looking into. Uh, I started looking I into. Uh, that so damn tiny. Yeah, I know. What <laughs> Never the heck, mind, man. Didn't you ever hear of a scanner? Zach, Good lord, it, Zach. God damn it, Zach. Just... Wow. <laughs> look at all that yellow goodness. <laughs> That's so pretty. We can look at the pictures. It's all we could do. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. um... uh. So uh, yeah, so there's some uh, some cool episodes there. I know uh, a lot of the people on cool. here are always looking for some uh, some other things to listen to. I'm not Something really a gecko. To. I'm not really a gecko fan, but uh, they hit on yeah, some snakes. But if you're anything like me, you don't want to listen to us talk. So no, you know, no matter how clear <laughs> I'm coming through now, I don't like. It. So um, it's it's one of those. So we need other people to speak for us. So it's cool that I got the interview, Ben. I was like Ben. So yeah, yeah it was. It was. Uh, I'm halfway through the show, but anyway. Uh, so you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. Uh, you can check out our website, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Mm -hmm. Like the Facebook page, Morelia Python Radio, and you can follow us on Twitter at Morelia Python. If you want to email us with questions or comments, you can send them to info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. And that's all for that. E.B. Morelia, uh, that would be me. Um, I am <laughs> going to have tons of babies for sale. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're looking for something, you know, reach out. Uh, you can check out my website at uh, ebmorelia.com. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, uh, eric at ebmorelia is my email. You can message me on Facebook. Uh, and if you want, uh, you you can check out my uh, page on Facebook, E.B. Morelia. Uh, then I have uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, I really don't do messages and such on Instagram. I just more or less post pictures on there. But uh, really the best way to get in touch is uh, either through the email or through the Facebook. Um, cool. and I will have some babies at Hamburg. So that's all. Damn. Yeah. All right. Um, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com to check out all the babies we have for sale. That is up to date. Uh, we don't have any of the 2015 babies on there. If you want to know what's going on with them, please drop us an email through 
the website or through the uh, Facebook page, which is Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com. And we will be at the August 1st uh, Hamburg Reptile Show. I was going to say we could deliver to the Oaks show, but it turns out I'm going to be out of town, so we will not be at Oaks. Um, but if you are have your heart set on an animal, we can try to work something out. Uh, get in touch and we'll figure something else out with that. Anyway, so what we will say is thank you all for listening, and uh, we hope to catch you all next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night, everyone. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Markland and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad. It also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live, on-time, arrival insurance program we got you covered visit the reptilereport.com to learn or share about the animals click on the link to the marketplace find that perfect pet or breeder then visit shipreptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the united states we are your one-stop shop for everything reptile related